And um, when I was 14, living in London, it was one of the most obvious things to do is you go busking. I mean, nowadays, busking is a lot more heavily regulated. But those days, it was like 30 years ago, you could just literally walk into anywhere in an underground or Covent Garden and put your case down. And the thing about it is that you open up your case and... Um, People walking by didn't ask you to play. They don't know what you're going to play. Um, and and it, that's a bit like launching a product. You know, you're, 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 you're launching something out into the, into the world, hoping somebody's going to notice you. And um, to this day, that feeling of somebody putting their money into my, you know, fiddle case, and I've just earned some money, and I, could, I earn good money busking, always makes me feel like, well, that's my fallback. You know, if, if, if you can book me um, and everything else goes to the ground, my fallback will be busking. You can book me, but... You can't VC me. <laughs> why, why did you bootstrap all the way? Online scheduling has this natural viral loop. So as a result, we could see a natural and very organic growth rate that was kind of presented in front of us that allowed us to grow and make mistakes more slowly. So bootstrapping definitely stretches stuff out for longer than VC-funded um, experiences. And it just suited us better. So after a while, we just doubled down on that choice. Welcome to 14 Minutes of SaaS, the show where you can listen to the stories and opinions of founders of the world's most remarkable SaaS scale-ups. In this, the first of a chat spanning two episodes, we have CEO and co-founder of You Can Book Me, Bridget Harris, chatting with me, Stephen Cummins. She chats about her history and colourful CV, from Covent Garden busker to film and television, to a very successful career in politics, to serial product creator with her husband and co-founder, Keith, to bootstrapping You Can Book Me, appointment scheduling SaaS that has scaled to well over 40 million bookings and is on a current run rate of about 1 million bookings a month. It's a fully distributed company of 15 with management and design in the UK, engineering in Spain and customer success in the US. And it's consistently in the leadership quadrant in the G2 grid for online appointment scheduling. Okay, uh, for the live audience here in Sastock, I'm with the wonderful Bridget Harris, CEO and co-founder at You Can Book Me, here on the Sastock podcast stage, and this is for 40 Minutes of SaaS. Welcome, Bridget. Hello, Stephen. Thank you. So tell me, give me the 90-second version of who's Bridget Harris prior to you setting out on your entrepreneurial journey. Um, I, uh, I've had actually lots of different careers, Stephen. I'm a, one of those uh, portfolio careers, which is a polite way of saying, you know, trying to figure out what you want to do in life. But um, I started off actually working in film and television. So my first career was uh, working as a vision mixer and um, an Aston operator for live TV. And then I worked in film as a runner and uh, in, 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 you know, for adverts and things. And so that drifted, took me through university. Um, and after that, I got... Um, a real hold over my interest in politics. So I went into politics, ran an MP's office in Westminster and then kind of made my way up a political ladder in um, the UK Parliament and then after that local government. So I've done 15 years of work around political engagement, democratic theory, representation, all sorts of good stuff like that. It, I worked for Lib Dem ministers and others. My interest really is in constitutional change. And um, at the same time, laterally, um, 
myself and my husband Keith had always been working on web projects and basically if you work in politics your first um, your first and only real purpose is to try to get people to agree with you and vote for you and do all of those sorts of things. So Keith and I had been working together for a long time. He's a developer and we'd worked a long time on uh, web campaigns and political databases, voter um, contact contact type things. And so, um, we, so we basically proved that we could work together. And in the meantime, Keith had had started to, we'd started to build and develop products together so SaaS products essentially and we built quite a few of them had quite a lot of uh, starts and failures um, and actually I uh, you know I did a presentation a few years ago about the 10 products that we built before you can book me so ten. you can book me is our first company but it's not our first product um, and so six years ago almost to the day um, I did one of those really big major things an entrepreneur has to do to run their companies you give up your full-time job and um, you start running your company. You, and, and the expression, I think, is that you go all in. So I sort of took my, my experience of working in these diff different industries um, as a professional, and I, and I basically started to learn the ropes again of how to build up a company. Now, before we talk about um, the amazing achievement that is You Can Book Me, um, you book, busked, and I believe your first yeah. time you, you did that uh, was in Victoria Station. How did it feel that first coin? Was it like the first sale for, it, for um, You Can Book Me? I think there's a lot of parallels here, Stephen. Um, yeah, I was a, I'm a, an Irish and Scottish folk fiddle player. Wow. And um, when I was 14, living in London, it was one of the most obvious things to do is you go busking. I mean, nowadays, busking is a lot more heavily regulated, but those days, it was like 30 years ago, you could just literally walk into anywhere in an underground or Covent Garden and put your case down. And the thing about it is that you open up your case and um, People walking by didn't ask you to play. They don't know what you're going to play, um, and and it, that's a bit like launching a product. You know, you're 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 launching something out into the into the world, hoping somebody's going to notice you. And um, to this day, that feeling of somebody putting their money into my you know fiddle case, and I've just earned some money, and I could earn, I earn good money busking, always makes me feel like well, that's my fallback. You know, if, if, if you can book me um, and everything else goes to the ground, my fallback will be busking because what you can do is um, you can generate basically business right there just by playing your instrument. Um, and I tell this, you know, to people who are learning instruments right now, it's like, it's great, it's a great way to make money. But it also, uh, you know, I didn't know at that point I was going to become an entrepreneur, but I think you need the same sort of gumption to stand there and start playing. You know, you launch your product into Absolutely. the world to say, look, I've decided that this is a problem that I'm going to solve this way. And I, you know, I want you to pay attention to me. And you don't, you're not entitled for them to pay attention to you. Just like you can't force people in Victoria Station to like what you play. But if you do it well, then yes, you can make some money. Brilliant. Um, so you always had that entrepreneurial itch and, and, and maybe, maybe that ability to get over fear to do this. Yes. Harold Wilson once said, a week is a long time in politics. Yes. Now that you've left politics, um, Bridget, would you agree that a week is never long enough in startup land? Oh my goodness. You know, we, we've gone for like a one week sprint to a two week sprint to a seven month sprint to a five year sprint. No, I mean, one week is, it's you always end the day. In fact, actually right now I am trying to, we're trying to, to, to retrain our team to basically land on Friday afternoon having roughly achieved maybe 80% of what we set out to do on a Monday. And there's always more to do. And in fact, actually, here at Sastock, there's been quite a lot of... Patrick Campbell did an amazing talk this morning from um, ProfitWell around founder life 
man, you know, uh, uh, work-life expectations and founder mental health and management and essentially understanding what you're trying to achieve. And I think that we don't we do ourselves a disservice if we say. Um, uh, you know, you can get it all done, and this is, you know, this hyperventilation of growth actually can be very stressful. I think it probably um, founders um, and any entrepreneurs need to understand the context. And one of the advantages of being a vision mixer for a live television show is that um, in the middle of an ad break, you have five minutes. And actually sitting there for five minutes waiting to come back online again is a very long time when you're sat there in the gallery. And also, if something goes wrong and you've only got two minutes, you start to know how much you can achieve in two minutes. Equally in politics, as you said, a week, um, the press officer in, um, that I used to work with used to say, you know, today's paper is tomorrow's fish and chip rappers. <laughs> you know, like it's like whatever news yeah. is happening today, you have to be able to cut through that. And it's the same really in the business that we're in. So, um, I actually interviewed Patrick yesterday, and ah. what I loved about interviewing him is how open he was yeah. about, his, about his struggles as a founder, raw, and that takes raw. a bit of courage. It a does. very, very human person. Uh, gave me a big hug after, after as well, just the type of guy he is. Um, so, you can book me, but you can't VC me. <laughs> why, why did you bootstrap all the way? Um, we did it through um, partly, uh, uh, you know, inexperience. Like we, we were like everybody. We were told that's the way to go, and we had conversations and we talked to people, but we didn't do it very seriously. I think we did a couple of pitches to VCs, but I would look back in embarrassment um, about them now. I think now I now now I know what a real pitch to a VC actually needs to include. I think our pitches were kind of awful, but I also think there was a part of intuition about what kind of a business we wanted to. So it's a bit like asking me why was I a busker and not a concert you know violin player why wasn't I going to play in an orchestra why was I basically um, you know jobbing around Covent Garden and it's just it is in a way what you, you have to do what naturally feels right you can book me uh, with the products that we built earlier it was obvious to us we weren't going to be able to succeed in growing them without external investment basically the whole job of finding customers um, and finding growth um, and product market fit would have required funding whereas with you can book me online scheduling has this natural viral loop so as a result we could see a natural and very organic growth rate that was kind of presented in front of us that allowed us to grow and make mistakes more slowly so bootstrapping definitely stretches stuff out for longer than VC funded um, experiences and it just suited us better so after a while we just doubled down on that choice. You've been listening to 14 Minutes of SaaS. Thanks to Mike Quill for his creativity and problem solving skills and to Katsu for the music. This episode was brought to you by me, Stephen Cummins. If you enjoyed the podcast, please don't forget to share it with your network, subscribe to the series, and give the show a rating. In the concluding episode of our chat, Bridget talks hiring remote first people. And when it comes to founders, she says they need to be alive, intentional, patient, and prepare to land planes in the dark over and over again. Thank you.